everyone, I'm Bronwyn Beth, and welcome back to The Misfit Musician, the podcast where music and mental health meet. Hey guys, so I am very excited to be back today. Um, It's been a little while, and I'm sorry about that. I also think I've sound a little stuffy today, so bear with my voice. I'm not sure what's going on there, but um, today I am talking about burnout, and this came to mind because part of the reason why I haven't posted an episode in the last couple weeks is because I've been feeling really burnt out, and I'm trying to keep on top of everything, and I've just been kind of struggling to do that, so I thought it would be a great time to kind of talk about burnout um, because everyone experiences it whether you're a musician or not. I don't have a guest today but I've done a lot of research on this and I think it's a really fascinating topic and I have my own opinions on it that I will share towards the end. Um, So if you stick around and wait till then let me know what you think. Yeah so let's just go ahead and get into it. I think the first question is, what is burnout? I think we all have different definitions to a certain extent, um, but burnout is really defined by an extended period of stress um, that that feels as though it won't ever be alleviated. Sometimes you have stress that's short-lived or that's tied to a very specific goal or something, um, and that's probably not going to be as harmful for you as burnout and not as long lasting. But when that stress just doesn't go away, um, that's when you're starting to deal with burnout. And it often comes with a lot of emotional and physical symptoms as well, which we'll get into. Um, All of my sources, by the way, for this are going to, I'm going to reference them at the end of the episode um, because I did use a couple websites and um, articles. So I'll drop those at the end in case you are interested in checking them out yourself and also just to give credit where credit is due. So interestingly enough, um, the earlier you are in your career, the more likely you are to experience burnout. And the more highly educated you are, the more likely you are to experience burnout. And I think that's really interesting going into talking about the types of burnout that you can have. So psychologists in general kind of agree on three types of burnout um, within work-related things, right? So there's burnout related to relationships. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about that today, but that could be burnout from, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, which is an incredibly difficult job, and you're around your children all the time, and children always need something, because they're tiny humans learning how to survive. So um, you can get a huge amount of burnout from that if you aren't supported enough. Um, If you're in a caregiving role for an aging parent or grandparent, that can do the same thing. Um, Or if you have a child um, who has a disability and that requires a lot of yourself um, and your time, all of these things can lead to burnout. But today we're specifically talking about work-related burnout. So going back to the three different types, psychologists agree are overload burnout, under challenge burnout, and neglect burnout. So overload burnout is the idea of working incredibly hard to find success. 
So you don't have any boundaries when it comes to your work life or um, hours that you're working. You're sacrificing your health and your personal time to kind of be at the grindstone, try to get ahead, try to make progress. People who are feeling this kind of burnout, a lot of times they complain a lot and that's kind of how they cope with feeling so much anxiety and pushing so hard for their goals. It can seem like a really good thing to do that and it can have great successes down the line, but the process that you're taking to achieve that success can be so detrimental to you and to your life. You just really have to question whether it's worth it. There's under-challenge burnout, which is if you're working in a job where you really don't feel very challenged, you can burn out from that because you just aren't being pushed. You aren't finding any kind of passion or joy in your work. And if you're spending a lot of hours doing that work, it's just going to start having a negative impact on you. And then lastly, there's neglect burnout, which it's basically feeling like um, you can't keep up with the demands of your job. So um, you might feel unseen at work or like you don't have a voice or you feel inadequate, but there's a lot of pressure and you feel like you can't stand up under the pressure and you don't have what it takes to succeed. So you don't wake up one day with burnout. It's a slow process. It happens over a long period of time. um, And it's really helpful to realize some of the signs of burnout so you can catch them before you're so overwhelmed by it. One of the first signs of burnout is emotional exhaustion. And that comes with a lot of physical symptoms. Um, So you might have insomnia, get a lot of headaches, always you'll always be tired um you could get sick a lot you could neglect your physical needs burnout also can cause memory issues um and it's shown to bring on suicidal episodes and um have an increased risk of alcoholism associated with it and long-lasting mental issues such as depression anxiety etc so It's a pretty severe and intense issue, and it's something that should be taken seriously. Mentally, you're kind of trying to avoid losses rather than reaching for your higher goals. So, for example, as a musician, you might want to play a certain gig, but you think that you might make a mistake on it or it's too challenging for you, and you don't want to take the chance that you could mess up. So rather than taking the opportunity, you turn it down because you're feeling inadequate about that. You feel like you're not up for the challenge. Psychological symptoms of burnout are you'll start to become really negative. You'll find that it's just hard for you to think positively about things. Um, You will start feeling really overwhelmed and it'll be really hard to set boundaries with work or life or relationships um and you could start procrastinating and withdrawing from friendships things like that a lot of this sounds like depression symptoms and there is kind of a lot of crossover between them but 
I don't want to go too much into that today, so I'm really just going to stick with burnout so that this episode is not incredibly long. So obviously you can feel burnout in any job, but interestingly enough, musicians experience a greater degree of burnout than, well, sorry, professional musicians experience a greater degree of burnout than amateur musicians or non-musicians, which doesn't completely surprise me, but I do think it's really interesting that people are doing studies on this. Um, And the particular study that I was reading, they were talking about um, musicians have more of a tendency to have perfectionistic traits, and that leads to higher levels of burnout, or it's a contributing factor. And it doesn't surprise me. So as a professional musician in undergrad, grad school, any audition you do, you're expected to achieve this certain level of perfection. And, um, but we aren't perfect. (laughs) Humans are not perfect. And that's part of what I think makes life really beautiful. And no one's going to reach that level of perfection. But since it's held up there as what you have to reach, it creates these impossible standards that you're always striving for and you can never get there. And in addition to that, not only do you have to play with such technical precision, but you also need to be able to connect with the audience. So there needs to be a lot of emotional vulnerability in your playing. And some other ways that this crops up for musicians outside of the perfectionism is the added pressures of our jobs. So when your livelihood depends on you performing at really high levels, you can never have an off day or a bad day because if you go to a gig and you don't perform well, you may not be asked back again right? It's that saying that you're only as good as your last gig. And we all have off days. Like it's really important to be able to have a day where you don't do very well or you don't sound very good. Just part of the journey. And I think that kind of fits into the neglect burnout because you're um, trying to reach these standards that you feel like you'll never be able to reach and you feel unseen and like it's an impossible hill that you have to climb. I think going along with that same idea um like if you are renting out a studio space and you're doing recording if you don't show up and play your absolute best you have to pay more for that space because you're there for longer or you're holding up other musicians who are recording with you and that can be frustrating an example of overload burnout within musicians is being afraid to turn down gigs because you don't, you don't 100% know when your next gig is going to come. And there's also this fear that if you turn down this one gig, whoever is asking you won't ask you again in the future. Um, and so I've had experiences like that where I was too busy and I chose to put my well-being first my physical well-being and emotional well-being and I turned down a um a session with someone who now is doing really amazing things in music and you can see like that's incredibly tempting because 
where would that have taken me today? You know, I can't do anything about it now, but um, it's hard not to regret taking care of yourself sometimes. And, um, and it can be very socially isolating, which can also lead to burnout because you are always competing against other musicians for jobs, um, and competing against musicians of your own kind, right? So I'm a violinist. So other violinists are my quote unquote competition. Um, and that can sometimes make it hard to form relationships I think this is starting to change as people are becoming a little bit more aware. Um, And I'm really excited to see how this changes over the next like 10, 20 years. The podcast, The Happy Musician, I think this is something that they touch on and they're trying to work on is this idea of supporting the musicians around you and collaborating and helping send each other gigs and things like that rather than seeing them as competition um and also a cellist friend of mine christine Mello, she has posted recently about this as well and i i just think that is amazing and i want to continue that conversation for sure an example of the under challenge burnout in musicians is when you have to take gigs that really don't push you because you need to pay your bills. And if you're finding that most of your gigs are not challenging you or are not enjoyable to you, that's going to cause burnout really quickly. Um, and it'll also make you kind of question why you're doing this. And if you're really, if, if these are the only gigs that you're good enough for and why people aren't calling you for other things. Okay. So that's the overview of burnout. I'm currently feeling really burnt out from teaching right now. I've been teaching for 12 years. Um, I've kept teaching through my abusive relationship, through mental health breakdowns. I was teaching full-time in grad school. I was teaching for the university in grad school. (laughs) Um, It's been, you know through COVID, that really kind of broke the last straw, I think. Um, And I'm trying to figure out how to come back from that and how to recover from burnout because I've taken a week or two off here and there and I come back just as burnout. Um, So I need to be doing more than just time off. So I'm going to get into what you can do to help with your burnout. And I think um, these are some things that I'm going to be trying as well. Um, The first things I'm going to mention are things that are recommended by psychiatrists or psychologists. And then I'm also going to recommend some things that I've discovered through my own mental health journey and um, that have more to do with your well-being as a human. Um, and your personhood rather than kind of reorganizing your work structure. Um, But I'm going to give you both because I don't know what's most helpful for people. So what psychiatrists recommend um, if you are feeling emotional exhaustion at work is to make a goal hierarchy. And this is basically just you're going to write down your main goal up at the top And then you're going to include everything below 
that you need to achieve that goal in order of importance. And then you're going to look at it and see if there's anything unnecessary or inefficient in there or just not motivating for you. And this is a way you can kind of cut out anything extra that you don't need to be spending your time on. But it also lets you step back and see how attainable your goal is if you start at the bottom and just do like one thing at a time. For example, making this podcast. My goal was to make the podcast. I had to kind of step back and be like, okay, to start, all I need to do is sit down and write out some ideas and do some research. And from there, I'm kind of building up to the point where I'm actually recording and then editing and then putting together show notes and then sending it out. That's way more doable than thinking, I have to do an entire podcast episode. How am I going to get this done? And then if you are feeling really cynical um, and you're feeling kind of that cynical exhaustion, when you write down your goals, try to reword them more positively until you start doing that in your brain naturally. So if I am writing down goals for learning a certain piece and I'm saying I don't want to play this passage out of tune, I could reword that and saying I'm going to play this passage using my beautiful intonation. Um, that is a really, really helpful skill in performance anxiety, and that's definitely something that we're going to cover on here um, in a different episode, but that restructuring the way that you're thinking about things is absolutely crucial, and I highly recommend that even if you aren't feeling burnt out. And then if you're feeling really under-challenged, you can go to that goal hierarchy that we just talked about. And for each thing that you put down, mark whether it's a thing you have to do or a thing that you want to do, right? So things that you want to do could still be things that you have to do, but they're just something that's enjoyable to you that stands out as something that you're looking forward to. Um, And then as if possible, try to rearrange things a little bit so that you're breaking up things you have to do with things that you want to do. So you kind of have like a reward goal structure. So going back to the podcast metaphor, if I love getting to um, publish my episode and announce it on social media, but I don't like writing show notes, um, I can just write in that I want to publish it. That's fun for me. I have to write show notes. Um, and then that will help motivate me to finish the show notes so that I can get to the next thing that I really enjoy doing. Those are the things that were most recommended when you're dealing with specifically work related burnout. Um, and what I want to highlight is other ways that you can deal with this because I think a lot of these ideas are just kind of trying to find a way to restructure your work so that it feels more doable for you. But I feel personally like humans are not meant to live this way. Like if we're experiencing burnout, it's because our current society's work structure is a little bit unnatural for us. Um, So I prefer to try to find a more life-giving balance than trying to rework my specific work goals. As long as my work goals are already somewhat attainable. So my biggest suggestion is to protect yourself. You are your greatest asset 
And you're also your biggest cheerleader, even though it might not feel like it when you're really burnt out and depressed. Um, there's a quote that I heard a couple weeks ago um, by Matthew Hussey, um, and I'll put a YouTube link to it because it's just nice hearing him read it. <laughs> um, but it says, you are the only person who has always been there for you. The only person who has woken up with you every morning of your life and gone to bed with you every night on the hardest nights of your life. Every time you were in your bedroom crying over something you thought your world was ending, you were the only person who has been there every second of every day for your entire life. Your job is to look after yourself. So how do we do that? How do we honor the fact that we are here for, for ourselves every day? And how do we look after ourselves with more kindness when you're feeling so exhausted? So one of the things that I recommend is mindfulness and not just in meditation, although I highly recommend that as well, but in a way of living. So mindful eating, um, or if you're a musician, mindful practicing. If you are on a lunch break at your work, what are you doing on the lunch break? Are you thinking about work? Um, are you chatting with coworkers? If you are, what's your, what are you guys talking about? Is it things that bring you joy and help you relax? Is it making you more stressed? Um, there's nothing wrong with excusing yourself from a conversation and taking your lunch break as a break. Are you on your phone looking at social media? That's not a great use of your time when you're eating. <laughs> um, if you can just try to be in the moment, enjoy your lunch, feel rested, feel the break from your work, try not to think about what you have to do when you get back, try not to look at your emails on your phone, that's going to serve you really, really well and help give you a little bit more of a boost going back into your day. Um, you also want to nurture things that you love outside of work. So if you're a musician who eats, sleeps, breathes music, um, more power to you, but you may need to find a hobby or two. It, it will help your music because you'll be able to build a little bit more creativity when you step away from it, but it will also help you not get burned out because there's no way to sustain that kind of lifestyle. Even if you've been doing it for like two or three years, at some point, it's going to catch up to you. Give yourself scheduled breaks and true starting and stopping times. If you are currently practicing for auditions or you're in school, this is vitally important. When you have like 20 things on your rep list that you need to be learning, there's no... The, the problem with music is that there's no end date. When you're learning music, you could always learn it better. You could always perform it better. So there's, even though you might have a concert that you're working towards or something like that, you don't really get the same satisfaction of being done with something. So every practice time, set your time limit. Set how long you're going to practice for, feel like when you stop, you honor that stop and you feel satisfied with the work that you did in the time that you gave it. 
And within that time, whether, you know, you're giving yourself two hours, three hours, whatever, schedule in breaks so that you don't get injured, you don't get tired. Um, You're going to be so much more productive if you can kind of take your brain somewhere else for a little bit of time and then come back to your practice. Outside of work, um, relaxation is really important. This is the thing that I'm probably the worst at, um, is stepping away from work to do other things, um, to do nothing. That's what I'm bad at. (laughs) I like to fill my time. Um, but go read a book or just don't do anything. Sit on the sofa. It all has its place in a really balanced life. And that's what we're trying to find here. Um, my favorite is taking a walk in nature. Um, I try to do this at least once a day. Um, and when I don't do it, my mental health immediately starts to go downhill. When I go on walks, I like to take one thing home with me that I find the most pretty. So it could be like a really colorful leaf that's fallen down. Um, my hike yesterday, I brought a pine cone back with me and then I sit it on my desk as I'm working or as I'm practicing because it kind of reminds me of the outside and that life is so much bigger than what I'm accomplishing in this moment. It just gives a little bit perspective and it feels like bringing nature, which is, I absolutely adore nature. Um, it just is bringing it in to my space. And I love that. And if you're feel, if you're, if you are feeling like you can't accomplish anything or reach any of your goals, um, do something that you feel like you can do really well. So learn a language if you're good at languages, or even if you're not, you can try it and see how far you can get, um, or just go do something that you feel really accomplished at, whether it's baking or playing a sport or cleaning something that you can look at and be like, I'm done. I did this and I, it made a great product in the end. And that's going to make you believe in your ability to do the same thing in your career as well. And then the idea of control. I think this depends on the person, honestly. Um, but I do want to mention it. So I tend to have too much control. So sometimes I try to give up control, um, when I'm relaxing just to help balance myself out. Um, but if you're working it in, if you are working in an can't say words if you are working in an environment where you feel like you don't have control over the work that you're doing when you are outside of work do things that you have some control over um and do things the way that you want to do them because that will help you feel a little bit better going back into your work so just keep in mind the idea of recovery if you're burned out, you need to treat it like if you have the flu or something. Do what you need to do to keep life moving, but you also honor the fact that you aren't well and that pushing through when you're feeling like that is not sustainable. So I like to think of it in large scale versus small scale recovery. So depending how burnt out you are, you might need to be doing both. But small scale is where you start, and that just means 
anytime that you have that's not at work during your work days. So like if you come home in the evening or in the morning before you leave, doing things that fill your soul and help you not think about work. Um, And then if you go back to work the next day and you're still feeling that same level of burnout, um, you might just need to change what you're doing in the evening. So for example, if you went home and watched TV and that didn't work for you, maybe try something more physical like playing basketball with a friend or something or more tangible like reading a book where you can really like feel the pages and get immersed into a story that requires a little bit more of you um, than if you're watching a show. This is kind of forcing you to be present in your moment and keeping your brain on something else, which is super important. If that's still not enough, then large-scale recovery is just taking bigger steps. Um, And when you do this, you want to do it with small scales. You'll do both. But large-scale is... um, it's what you're doing with your time off. So like your weekends, or if you take any paid time off, that is your larger scale recovery. Um, It could mean just making more time for friends. It could mean traveling, anything to get outside of your current rhythm. If you're at a certain level of burnout, you really can't afford to not take at least a day for yourself. In grad school, I was so busy and burnt out that I would get sick one day every month or two, and I would just lay in bed and do nothing, and by the next day, I would feel fine. So I wasn't actually sick. It was just my body was forcing me to rest because I wasn't paying attention to the signals of exhaustion it was giving me. So don't make your body force you to recover. That can lead to a lot of avoidable health issues down the way or down the line. So I know time off is a luxury and not all of us can afford to do that. So definitely do the small scale recovery faithfully if large scale is something that you can't do at that moment, but also realize that this is your one body and your one life. And sometimes that sacrifice can be worth it if um, you're able to be privileged to take a day or two off. Recovery can take a while. But I think if you implement any number of the things that I just mentioned, you can start to feel some recovery. And hopefully this this will help you from getting to the point where you just have to quit your job or stop doing music or whatever it is for you. Um, The goal is balance um, and trying to avoid having to make any huge life changes, unless that's what you really want to do. I sincerely feel that our American work life is not healthy. It shouldn't be a privilege to take time off. And I completely live in that work life. Um, And it's something I would love to change. And it's something I think about a lot. So I hope this is helpful if you're feeling burnout. I also hope that you're not feeling burnout. Um, But just know that you're not alone. And um, there are so many resources online that can help you and give you more ideas if the ones that I've listed here aren't helpful for you. Um, But my biggest takeaway that I want to leave you leave you with is that exhaustion needs rest 
there's no way around that. And if you are exhausted and burnt out, somewhere in your life you need to find rest, whether that's emotional rest, physical rest, or psychological rest. Um, it all, it's all helpful and, and really, really valuable to living your life to the fullest in the most beautiful way you can imagine. And just going back to what Matthew Hussey said, you're the only person who has always been there for you. If there's something that's not working in your life, you're the person who's going to have to address it and fix it. And I just encourage you to fix it before it becomes a bigger problem or before you get really sick and really burnt out. I hope that this podcast is helpful for you. I hope that you are not experiencing burnout, but if you are, know that you're not alone. Um, I'm here with you. And as always, you can reach out to me um, if you need to with anything, honestly. So my sources for this, um, my two main sources that I used Whereas um, one is from University of Northampton School of Social Sciences. Um, and this article was from July 2016, and it was called The Relationship Between Multidimensional Perfectionism and Burnout in Amateur and Professional Musicians by Rebecca Judith Lynette. Um, another, the other article that I mainly used was NACADA their volume 26 issue one from june 2016 when music goes up in flames the impact of advising on music major burnout and this was by marilee teasley and aaron buchanan i also referenced um psychologicalscience.org they had an article called burnout comes in three varieties um, Psychology Today also had an article on burnout and Psychology Compass, the ultimate psychological guide to burnout recovery. All of this is in the show notes. Um, yeah, that's all for today. You are magic. Live in love. Mm-hmm.